Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. So good to be here in church this morning. You may be seated. I don't know what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to try teaching or preaching. Um, you know, it's the simple things with God that impact our life so much throughout our day. The simple things of God. There are some complex things with God, but really the simple things of God are paramount. Um, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Acts 2, 41. And you can remain seated. I'm going to read about six scriptures here. Center. And I seen all the chairs. They can fold those chairs up and they can unfold them. And I was just looking around and, and envisioning us having a service there. And, and there's a pulpit in the middle and the seats are surrounding the pulpit. And I envisioned Bishop Truppy up there just preaching the word. And we're going to have, we're going to have altar workers in each section praying people through to the Holy Ghost. Praying for people, watching people get the Holy Ghost and, and getting Bible studies. And I just started envisioning it and started thanking God for it. And I do believe that's going to happen. I, I absolutely believe that is going to happen in these last days. Um, but Acts 2.42, it says, and they continued, somebody say continued, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. You know, I was thinking about this scripture and, and I have been guilty of chasing after signs and wonders. I have been guilty of that in my, in my ministry. Um, it is something very um, supernatural when you see people get the Holy Ghost and see things. And, and I had started chasing that and God had let me know, you know, you need to chase me and seek me for me. And if you would seek me for me and you'll just preach the word, then there will be signs following. That's Bible right there. And, and it's easy to follow just after signs of wonders because uh, it's very emotional. There's a lot of energy and there's a lot of things going on. And I am not opposed to having signs and wonders, but uh, God just had to realign my thinking a little bit because I do believe in that. But I do believe in a relationship with God. And if we're doing what we need to do and if we're preaching and doing Bible studies and giving Bible studies, I believe firmly that during that Bible study, they will receive the Holy Ghost. There'll be times where you pray them through the Holy Ghost. There'll be times where they will be healed. It's in the Bible. They will follow. If we preach it, then signs and wonders will follow it. Amen. Uh, verse 44, and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat and gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Jesus, God, I pray right now that you give me the words to speak. I pray that you anoint our ears, anoint our eyes, God, that your word would fall on good ground. God, I come against any spirits of distraction. Lord, I rebuke them right now in Jesus' name that you would give me your words, that I would tap into your anointing. We worship you and we magnify your precious name. Amen. Amen, amen. So to this morning, I want to teach on or preach on about the power of consistency. 
the power of consistency. A couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I taught about being realigned and we talked about uh, direction, having direction, having discipline. And I guess we can just add consistency into the list of things that we need to do to help build our Christian character. But I'm really going to uh, target consistency with prayer this morning. I'm really going to target that. I felt like that in the Holy Ghost that I started to get this message ready and I just could not get off of prayer. Just could not get off of prayer. But here we see that the new believers in Acts here who had been spirit-filled on the day of Pentecost, they continued in a new and radically altered lifestyle. They devoted themselves in the teaching of the apostles' development community with other believers in the activity. They participated in prayers. So godly consistency with proper balance in our lives will help us to mature spiritually. It will help us to produce good fruit, maintain healthy relationships in our life, and see God do the unprecedented in our lives also. Now, I know we're talking about consistency, and we can fill in the blank with, with a lot of what we can apply to our lives to see things, these things happen. But for the sake of time, we're going to talk about consistency. But consistency, there is something about being consistent in the spiritual realm. And Jesus talks about it a lot, and Paul talks about it a lot, the epistles talk about it a lot, and um, we have been on, what, about two and a half months of prayer, morning prayer, and those two and a half months, you know, I needed that morning prayer, and I have become, I guess, starting off, I was obligated to become consistent with prayer, but now it's a privilege to be consistent with prayer. Right away, I, I did not want to wake up that early and pray, and, and, but the more I did it, the easier it got, and I started to get that consistency and that walk and that relationship back with Christ, and, and that's very crucial and very vital in, a, in our spiritual growth, in our relationship with God, and I was... And it's kind of like the consistency with prayer because Jesus tells his disciples to pray and, and, and you ought to, to pray and to always pray and to you know, keep praying. And there's a reason to that because when it's just hit and miss, it's very hard, um, first and foremost, to be instant in season and out of season. It's very hard to have that connection with God. If I'm only praying on Sundays and maybe Wednesdays and maybe Thursday, and everything else is just kind of hit and miss. It, it's not, it's, it doesn't benefit me, and it's really hard. Not that it doesn't benefit you, because any type of prayer would benefit you, but it's hard to be consistent, and it's hard to build that relationship up. Um, just like, you know, exercising, your body might not want to do it, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. You know, and if you're working out and, and you, you, know, you take one day off after, you know, three weeks of working out and you take one day off and then you take another day off and another day off, it's going to be that much more hard to go back into the gym. And it's the same thing with prayer. But one thing that encourages people to work out is when they start seeing change, Right? When they start looking in the mirror and they see that maybe the weight they're trying to lose, it's gone, or the muscle they're trying to build, it's there, and, and they can see that, and there's evidence of it. So it encourages them to continue working, and it motivates them to continue working out. And spiritually speaking, it's the same thing with prayer that I've learned in my walk with God, because I've had times where I have had inconsistency with prayer. Uh, I went to praying th 300 and... I think 60 days 
in one year to <laughs> like praying 160 days, maybe the next year, you know? And I didn't keep that consistency. And I let the ball kind of slip and let the ball kind of drop. And then pastor called prayer in the morning. And now I'm picking up the ball and I'm getting that consistency. But there is power in consistency when it comes to prayer and other things in our relationship with God. But one secret to having a healthy prayer life is to stay consistent with it. Because like I mentioned, when you get into it and you are consistent with it, it's just easier to keep it going like that. But when it's hit and miss, it's, it's super, super hard to continue that, to continue that prayer life. 1 Timothy 2.8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So scripture lets us know that we need to continue praying everywhere, praying always with all prayer and supplication. And, and we know that you know, we literally can't always pray because you know, we sleep for at least eight hours a day, six hours a day. Um, but how I look at that scripture and, and other scriptures that tell, you, tell us to continually pray is um, as I'm going out and doing my daily job and my career or might be, but to give him worship and to give him praise th throughout the day, thanking him as I work and thank him as I drive. And you're just, you kind of get in the zone of being uh, in the presence of God. You might not always feel like you're in the presence of God, but you can, you can get the habit. Can you guys still hear me? I feel like I'm being shut off. You can get the habit of being consistent and being in prayer uh, whenever you can. So whenever you do get an opportunity to pray and to continue doing that, and, and it's very easy to get out of that and you kind of become <clears throat> numb and kind of like a zombie. Have you guys ever been there? When you're kind of just going through life and you feel like you're a zombie and you feel numb and you're kind of not really sensitive to the things of God. But the more we pray, the easier it is, right? In Luke 18, 1, it says, there's a parable that Jesus talks about. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And he's saying this, saying there was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust, unjust judge saith. saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge him speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And that's really sometimes in our relationship with God and sometimes in our walk with God, there are seasons where it really does feel like you're at this point where this widow was. You're just continually praying and praying. And it might be for the same thing and you're just persistent and you keep that consistency going. And, and God will honor it. I really do believe that. Um, and obviously within his will, he will honor it. But there is this something about taking that consistency and being steadfast with it and, and praying and, and doing the things that we need to do. Ephesians six eighteen, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So I think we all understand that prayer is something that does not come natural. Um, prayer is something that takes work. It takes energy. 
It's something that must be consistently strived after because if not, um, it's kind of hit and miss. So here's the thing with that is when I have an inconsistent prayer life, that brings frustration to a saint of God because I'm inconsistent with my relationship with God. I'm disconnected from the source. So it brings frustration. Um, and then I can even get to a point where I read stuff in the word and I'm saying, you know, this isn't happening and why isn't this happening? And it might just be because of my inconsistency, not with just prayer, maybe even coming to church and reading the word and studying and doing the things I need to be doing. And then I can kind of almost get bitter um, at other people or maybe even God because of my inconsistency, right? You see the promises of God and you see the things that the scripture says and, you know, why is that not happening to me? You know, why am I not seeing these things happen? And God is just kind of knocking on our door and tugging on our heart and, and, and saying, you know, I, you just need to be a little more consistent with those things. Um, but that scripture I just read in Ephesians, it, prior to that, the context of it is, is they're talking about putting the armor of God on, that you need to put the, the whole armor of God on every, every day, the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and let your loins be girt about with truth and, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the shield of faith and the, the sword of the spirit, right? And this is one thing that I got out of prayer lately. God has been dealing with me with, um, because I try praying this prayer every single day. And the other day I'm praying this prayer and the Holy Ghost just spoke to me and said, you know, you cannot put on my armor. Oh, praise the God. Praise God. They got music, a chorus going. But I feel like the Holy Ghost said, you cannot put on my armor without taking off your armor. You can't, he told me, you can't put my armor over the top of your armor because it won't work. It won't fit. And we do that at times in life. When, when we refuse to remove our armor, those defense mechanisms that we have created to protect us, the whole reasoning for that armor, um, in return, it stops the spirit of God from reaching our hearts because we have refused to remove our own armor that we have built up. So then the spirit of God can't penetrate through our spirit and, and minister to our heart because we, we have that armor of our own on. Um, and then doing so, this one, in doing this, it can build strongholds in our life. And how it's, it's instead of being consistent in prayer and other godly characteristics, we become inconsistent, or we, we become consistent in feeding our mind and flesh with lies and in, in irrational thinking. And this is done by an inconsistent and undisciplined walk with God. So when we keep our armor on, it's hard for God to minister to us because we have our walls put up. So, but when we remove our armor and then we put on the armor of God, then that's when really we can apply those things to our life. That's really when we can, we can you know, walk in, in peace and have his plate of righteousness on and in those other areas in life. But it's kind of just human nature to, to keep our armor on, you know, because it, it, it's a lot easier just to try to put the armor of God over the top of that armor, but it will not work the same. 
We have to remove that armor because then God can get close to us and minister to us. Does that make sense? Because we allow them in, and this has kind of been my candy stick for a while, but I really feel that's what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us, is he wants us to become vulnerable to him. It does not make sense in our rational thinking, because it makes it's easier to cover that up than it is to deal with it, but it's absolutely necessary for us to in order for us to grow spiritually and to mature as Christians like we need to, to remove that armor, okay? And and like I said, when we don't, those strongholds can be built up then. We build up strongholds because we're not allowing the presence of God to move on us. And then in return, not only strongholds, but it brings frustration, it brings uh, confusion. And we know God's not the author of confusion. It brings doubt and it brings fear, all this stuff. And And it starts in our mind and in our heart. And it'll eventually manifest to the surface. And then it'll eventually manifest into our marriages and our relationships. And it'll affect other people. That makes sense? Like it started with affecting me, but then it will, it will flow out. It's kind of like the spirit of God, but in a negative way. But when you take that armor off and allow God to move, then the spirit of God can penetrate and then that can flow through our families and our relationships. And then that helps us to grow and helps other people to grow. And then that's when God can shape us and mold us. See, God has a tendency. There's an old phrase that says, strike when the iron is hot. And it's when a blacksmith, he gets a a horseshoe or whatever piece of metal or iron he wants to do and he puts it in that fire and and he gets it so hot so it's red, right? And it's glowing. And that's when he starts shaping it into the, the form that he wants. And a lot of times in life, this is the way God deals with us, is he puts us in the fire and he heats us up. And it's unpleasant and it's not fun, but he does it because he strikes when the iron is hot. And as he's striking on us with his hammer that only he can use, and he starts forming us and shaping us to what he wants us to be, right? And, but that can't be done without me removing my armor and allowing God to penetrate into me. And as he, and as he starts striking as iron is hot, he starts forming me and shaping me. Like I said, it just overflows into my life and other people's lives and in other relationships that I'm connected to, and it just helps out with that. But the key to that is, I believe, is a consistent connection, a consistent relationship. Like the book of uh, Psalms talks about, we got to be connected to him. We got to be like that tree that's planted by the river. And the roots go out, and that's where it gets its source and nutrients from, is the water. It's the living water that we have. But the only way we can access that living water is by being tapped into the source. And the only way we can be tapped into the source is by that communication and that relationship with God, which sounds easy, but you know, like I know, it's not that easy. And this is something that Christians struggle with, is this prayer life. And this is something that Bishop Truppy and, 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 and uh, Pastor, they have been preaching. And ever since I've been coming to the sanctuary, Brother Truppy has preached it and preached it and preached it. Prayer, 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 prayer prayer. You know, and there's times where I felt like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm realizing the power of that prayer, that consistent prayer, because it really is all about prayer. And like I said before, I don't want to follow, I don't want to seek signs and wonders, but I want to seek God. 
I don't want my relationship with God just to be all emotional and all ooey and gooey and, and, and things like that, that kind of love. But I want it to be a genuine love. I want it to be a love where I can come to God and say, God, listen, I'm struggling and I need your help. I need you to give me guidance and direction in this situation. And I'm going to become vulnerable and be real with you. Like there's power in that. There is so much power. That's why, and I mentioned this last week, that's why the Bible says cast your cares upon them. Because we have that opportunity to cast our cares upon him. And that's what it is, is we come to prayer and we lay it all down and say, God, here, here it is. I can't do this. I need your guidance. I need your direction. And I think when we do that, we will start seeing good fruit being produced. We will start seeing him guide us in direction more, uh, guide us and direct us more in life. Um, but it, I believe it is absolutely necessary that we use the power and the anointing of God that God has given us to filter and to handle those hard situations in life. So everything that I have in life, the decisions I have and those things, I want it to be filtered through the Spirit of God, which only is going to happen with that connection with God. It's me coming and be like, okay, God, I have this job opportunity. What should I do? I might have to move and go somewhere. Is that what you want me to do? Okay, I have this other opportunity. I don't have to move. I'm going to get a better job, and, and I'm going to make more money, you know, make $30,000 more a year. But, I'm gonna, but I have to put in some more hours, and I might have to miss Wednesday night church. What do you want me to do? Not my will, but thy will be done. And, and when we do that, and when we come to God like that, we build that relationship up, and then we build trust up. And we have confidence in God. And then that confusion and that doubt um, subsides more. Having a consistent relationship and that open line of communication with God will help us to not make decisions and commitments based on our mood, rather based on what's best for us spiritually. And, and I, how many of us have been guilty of doing that? I have based some decisions, even spiritual decisions, on my mood. I'm in a good mood, and, and someone would come to me and say, hey, can you, can you help me on such and such night? Or, hey, can you do this, or can you do that? And, oh, yeah, I can do that, absolutely. And then two days later, I'm so busy, and I'm realizing, well, I really, you know, I really don't have time to do that. I probably should have said no. Sometimes it's hard saying no. For some people, it's hard saying no. For other people, it's a little bit easier to say no. I'm one of those people that it's hard to say no for. I have a hard time doing that. But I want to filter everything through uh, the lens of God, and, and prayer is going to help me to do that. So in, in, in that vein of removing our armor, you might ask yourself, how do I do that? Uh, one way of doing that is repentance is crucifying our flesh, is laying our flesh down at the altar. And that hurts sometimes, asking God, God, remove this carnality from me. I don't want to be a carnivore spiritually. Hey, I can preach. <laughs> I don't want to be a carnivore spiritually. I don't, want, I don't want to be carnal, but I want spiritual things. I don't want that. So I'm going to lay down my flesh right now. And I'm going to give you all these maybe fleshly desires I have. And, and if there's maybe a desire that I have that I think that's not fleshly and I think it's spiritual and it really is fleshly, just show me. And I'll lay it down at the altar right now so you can burn it away and you can take it away from me. 
Because I want you to wash me and I want you to cleanse me and I want you to guide me and I want you to direct me because I want my marriage to be good and I want my relationships with other people to be good and I want to grow spiritually and I don't want to continue doing and stumbling over the same thing over and over and over again. Okay? That's the power of, of, of repentance and that's how we remove that armor that we've built up. And, and sometimes this might take weeks to do. Kind of like an onion. There's different layers that God peels off, that God just deals with you and deals with you. And that's good to know, too. That's good to know, too, that God, there's seasons and chapters, and there's, there's, there's times where God deals with you, and there's times where God just kind of lets you go. And, be, and it's kind of like an onion. There's different layers. And that's good to know because of this, because once you think you finally overcome something, or I got this under control, then <laughs> you realize, oh, my goodness, I'm further away than I thought I was. But that's kind of the way God operates, right? He keeps us stringing, not stringing along, but he keeps us there just so we don't rely on our flesh. Just when you're about to rely on your flesh and just when you say, yeah, I got this, I've been there, I got this, I got this figured out, he just flips my whole world upside down. And I'm just like, maybe I don't have this. Okay, maybe I do still have something in my heart. I thought I was over this whole bitterness thing years ago. Maybe I'm not. Here we go, round six, let's do it again. (laughs) <laughs> striking while the iron is hot. God has a tendency of striking while the iron is hot. Um, but there's nothing that will take the place of consistent prayer in our life. There is nothing that takes that place of having a consistent prayer life. Uh, and we must be intentional with our relationship with God because if we're not, now here it is. I'm really good and I think we're all good at saying, you know, tomorrow I'll do this. Tomorrow I'll make it right. You know, tomorrow I'll go on that fast that God wants me to go on. Next week I'll do it. I got to prepare, which is good always, but if God's calling me to go on a fast or whatever it might be, you know, tomorrow, you know, next year I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. Not this year. I got a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be a good year. You know, we got a hailstorm. I'm going to be roofing a lot. Next year I'll do it, God. Or, you know, Wednesday night church comes. You know what? I'm tired, but next Wednesday, I promise, God, I'll go next Wednesday. I'll go to church. (laughs) Um, But we can do that with prayer, too. You know, I'm tired this morning. I had a long night. I'll pray. I'll pray the next day. And then the next day comes, and it's like, oh, the kids didn't sleep. Man, I'm hungry. I'm just going to go out to eat this morning, and I'll pray in my car, and I'll pray. It's so easy to do. We, we can talk ourselves out of just about anything. We are our worst enemy. That's why we need to make sure we're lining up and, and looking in the right mirror. So the way I do it is this is my mirror in life. And when I start reading this thing and I start looking at it, I see myself in here when it says things. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, I got to take care of that. And I don't want to put the mirror down and be like, you know what? I'll take care of it another day. But I need to take care of it today. Like it's been said, don't put off tomorrow what can be done today. And that's true spiritually too because one day our inconsistency in prayer and our inconsistency with God and our commitment with God, it will catch up to us. We're not promised tomorrow. And I tell you, I, I haven't seen too many deaths in my life. I've experienced a couple of them in my family. 
And it's during those times you realize, hey, I'm not promised tomorrow. And, it, and it, it's kind of, not to be Mormon or anything, but death always causes me to think. Anytime I go to a funeral of someone I know, I really start thinking about my life. Like, I, I, I start, I need, really need to do this. I really need to spend time with my kids. I really need to spend more time with my wife. You know, I really need to get serious, more serious with God. And it's, it takes those times in, in you, for you to start thinking of those things. But we're not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus might come back. You know, and I think we really need to live in that. And that's what consistency is about. Living in that, like, hey, I'm not promised tomorrow. I might get into a car accident. I might, something might have happened to me. Jesus might come back. That's why I need to do it today. Because today, right now is the time for salvation. Right now I need to choose and make up my mind. Right now I need to do this. Right now I'm going to read my bread. Not next year, but now. Now I'm going to go on that five or six day fast that God's been calling me to do. Even though it's going to hurt. But in the end, it's going to be worth it. I'm going to do it now. You know, now I'm going to go get the Bible studies that I know to get. I'm going to pray for those people I know to be praying for. I'm going to call my family members that God's been telling me to call, and I've been putting it off and putting it off. We're so good at putting it off. At least I am. And then pretty soon you have this huge list, and then one week I try knocking everything out on the list, and you feel good. And, and then it goes four or five months, and you get this another huge list, and you knock it off, and you feel good for a week, and, it, and you just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. It's so inconsistent, but if we're not careful, we do it spiritually with God. And God doesn't have one-night stands. <laughs> there are no one-night stands with God. And I, and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of people, and I'm guilty of it, of having a one-night stand with God. Just using God. God, I need a blessing. God, I need a healing. God, I need this. I need that. And it happens, and then, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And I start doing the things that I want to do, and, and oh, I need something. But I really believe that God is calling and, and he wants us to get a deeper relationship with us. But we cannot afford to put off those things until tomorrow. God wants it right now. God wants it right now. James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Have you ever met a person that is like that, that can't make up their mind? It's like one minute they're doing this. And then the next minute, they're not. One minute, we've got plans. Okay, we're going here. We're doing this. And then, and then a day later, oh, no, we're not doing that. Change plans. And it's just like, oh, they're so frustrating. Right? And I'm kind of like that, too. You know, and it, 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 I know it's frustrating. I'll take our kids. Sometimes we'll take the kids into a store and be like, okay, you can grab one thing. <laughs> you grab one thing. And they almost like have a panic attack. You know, one thing. Yeah, you can only have one thing. And they're looking around. They're, pretty soon they got five things in their hand. They say, well, you can only get one. Well, yeah, I know I can only get one, but i got to pick which one I want. And then they pick one, right? And what happens? You go into the line or go to the cashier, and then you go, they go, well, I want the other one, actually. Can you go run back and give me the other one? I don't want this one. And sometimes it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. I wonder how God feels sometimes when we do that. Now I'm going to pray this morning. No, I'm not going to pray tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go to church. And then, oh, no, I'm not going to go to church. I wonder how God feels. But that's the power of consistency. Listen, I know I can trust God. Raise your hand here if you can trust God. Okay. Don't raise your hand for this one. But can God trust you? Can God trust me at 
Four o'clock in the morning when he wakes me up and tells me to pray for my unsaved dad? I don't know. I want him to, but that's really the question. When God wakes me up or wakes you up in the middle of the night or tells you to go pray or tells you to pray for someone in the parking lot, tells you to go give someone a church card, can he trust you to do that? If he puts someone in your path that has cancer and you start talking to this person and he tells you you have cancer, can God trust that you're going to pray for him, tell him the gospel, tell him what he needs to do to be saved? That's what I want, though. I want God to be able to trust me. I want God to be able to have trust in me. You know, this morning, as I'm studying, I really felt this. I really felt the Holy Ghost prompt me to say this. He's, if you will seek me, you will find me. He said, tell my people, if you will seek me, you will find me. We seek a lot of things in life. And we try to find a lot of things in life. But if we would just keep the main thing the main thing and we would just seek him, not for signs, not for wonders, not for blessings, but just to have a relationship with him, I think we will see things happen in our life that we've never seen before. Unprecedented things. If we would just seek him, for him. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you can feel God pulling on your heart. God's been dealing with you over some things in life. And he wants you just to yield to him. He wants you to remove your armor because he can't remove it for you. If you take that first step, like I said last week, he will help you to remove that armor. But it is the simple things of God that have the greatest impact on our lives, isn't it? It's the simple things of God, like being consistent, like being faithful, being a servant. We know we can trust God, but God, can you trust me? God, can you trust me? But this is why consistency in the kingdom of God is so key. It is so key. In Matthew 6, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is one of, one of the last, uh, last five years of Brother Walter's life. I've heard him. He, he quoted this scripture so many times. To me and to young men, he would say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And you know what? He meant that. And I know he did because he lived it. He lived that every single day. He lived that. In verse 4, it says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, and the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, I know if we look at this scripture with, with our carnality and with, with our flesh sometimes, and we got problems going on. We read it and it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. But you're like, wait a minute. You don't understand what I'm facing. You don't understand the stress that I have. You don't know about the unpaid bills. You don't know about my, my late car payment or the credit card holders calling me wanting their money. You don't know that I need to buy groceries, but I don't get paid till next week. It doesn't make sense when you have all that stacked on you, does it? When you read the scripture, you're like, well, yeah, what about right now, though? 
But if we do what we need to do, God will do the rest. And I'm telling you what, I have been there. I've literally been there and I've prayed a prayer, God, I need you. I need you. I've, I've been there where, where things have not looked right and I'm like, I don't know what tomorrow is. I don't know how this is going to happen. And God said, you know what? You just do what you need to be doing and I will take care of the rest. But when we read this scripture, sometimes we're like, well, that doesn't make sense to me because how me reading this scripture is going to give me money or help me to pay my bills I need to pay or is going to help me with my marriage and my relationships. But it does because you're seeking the one that has all the answers. And you're seeking something that's never going to shatter, it's never going to fade, it's never going to rust. It's going to be there. God is going to be there and he's going to guide you and direct you. And it works, I'm telling you. If you drink it, it works. If you drink it, it works. Matthew seven twenty four. It says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him a wise man who built his house upon the rock. We know the scripture, the rains come, they, they come along and the house doesn't fall. But if you don't listen to what God has said, um, it's like building your house in the sand. Sometimes we think we can build our own house, though, on our, on our own solid foundation. But when we do that, we're literally walking out of the will of God when we do that. Because it makes sense to us. Like, it makes sense when I don't have money to work more hours, doesn't it? More hours, more money, somewhat. Uncle Sam will take some of that money. But if I can do 60 hours and miss Wednesday night service, but still do 60 hours, my paycheck's going to be bigger than if I only worked 40 hours and I made it to church service. So then the scripture says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So my thinking says, well, I'm going to do the 60 hours of work. But God's like, do the 40 hours of work, and I'll make up for the other 20 hours of work. It don't make sense, but I'll do it. Because you're seeking me, and you're putting me first in life. And I will always work. But what we tend to do is like, well, let me just build it for a little bit. Let me build my house because I got some stuff going on. And then if it doesn't work, I'll go to you. But that's not the way that God wants. God wants us to seek him first. Um, But God will honor a man or a woman of God that will choose to stand in the gap and fight every single day and not give up. No matter what life brings, God will bless that. God will, God will work with that, okay? And I'm not trying to be hard this morning and discourage you. I'm trying to encourage you to be consistent more, okay? So please, I don't, I'm not trying to have this hard message, but when we're consistent with God, it will help our relationship so much because it removes the confusion at times and the frustration at times, although it doesn't make sense, but it will help us in the long run, okay? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quiet you like men, be strong. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So it's to continually keep on going, doing it, keep fighting every day to do it, do it, do it. Amen? Um, Let's stand. 
I'm going to, in, Le, in the, the book of Leviticus, God was uh, talking to Moses, and in chapter 26, he kind of sums it up. He kind of sums the book up, and he uh, says this. He says, you shall make you no idols, nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths, you shall reverence my sanctuary, I am the Lord. If you walk, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, so he's given a prerequisite, if you do these things, if you're consistent in doing these things that I told you to do, the Levites, the high priests, the, 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 the heritage, the lineage of the Levites, if you do these things and you do everything I told you, this is what's going to happen. It says, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield your, her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield the fruit, and your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread and be full and dwell in your land safely. And I will give you peace in the land, and you shall lay down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land. Neither shall a sword go through your land. And you shall chase your enemies, and you shall fall before, and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put to ten thousand to flight. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect unto you. He's saying, if you do these things, I'm going to do all this. And make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. That covenant he made with Abraham. He'll establish it. And you shall eat old, eat, shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and you will be, and I will be your God and you shall be my people. I want to be his people. I tell you what, he's talking about the, the, the Levites, the high priests, but hey, we've been adopted where we cry, Abba, Father, and now we can have access to that, right? And he says, I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen, and I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. So that consistency, and if, but if you keep reading, it continues, and it says, but if you don't do these things, Listen, this is what's going to happen. All this stuff I just told you what's going to happen is going to be, you're going to be cursed by it and your enemies are going to have dominion over you and you're going to fall in all this. But if you stay in my statutes and my law and my precepts and if you are consistent with that relationship with me, I will be there for you. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you. We magnify your precious name. Thank you for this time. God, we plead your precious blood over this next service that you administer to our heart, God, and speak to us. In Jesus' name, we love you and we worship you. Amen. You're dismissed for about 10 minutes.